coming to you from the back room of Elusive Comics and Games, 2725, El Camino Real Suite 104 in Santa Clara, California. It's the Fanboy Planet Podcast. Unplugged. Unplugged, absolutely. It's just as it recording. It is. It is just Lon and myself today. Uh, Rick Freshnider, our normal podcast producer, is uh, on the disabled list. Uh, We hope that uh, he gets better soon. So we're we're, a groin injury or something, right? uh, If if the groin is part of the eye, yes. Oh, so it's not. I always mess up anatomy. I know, I know. Uh, so we're actually at a folding card table in a little alcove away from everything else. We're surrounded by comics, which is actually how I kind of hope to die. Uh, surrounded by comics. This would make a nice coffin. It would, wouldn't it? Yeah. Just, it would be very Because if you were alive, you could at least read until you got bored to death. Right. And so uh, this is, of course, Derek McCaw, editor-in-chief of FanboyPlanet.com. And with me is MoreOnLife.com's editor-in-chief and our usual announcer, color commentator and sandpaper. And producer of Crackpot Comics, Lon Lopez. That's right. To remind you that uh, Crackpot... By now. By now, but they'll be able to see it at Baycon and Fanime. Fanime, right. So, anyway, we got... You know what? We did get an email. We did. Somebody, because one of our earlier podcasts we had announced it was going to be maybe Friday or Saturday at Baycon. I don't think we put the correct date on it, so I just want to let everybody know. If you are coming to Baycon, uh, it'll be Sunday night at 6 p.m. I'm pretty sure we we said that. Okay, but, but I just want to clarify because... Not at 6 p.m., and there'll be a Q&A afterwards. I've seen the Baycon program, yes. and uh, there will be a question and answer Send period with Ron Lopez and, and his uh, special cameo. Primary band of men and women. I don't just me. Oh, I yeah. can't. I can't bring other people. I don't know. Oh, okay. We'll work on that. Yeah. Anyway, um, so we got some comics news. We got a little bit of movie news. We got some TV stuff to talk about because, of course, this is the week that uh, the networks have been announcing what they're going to bring up, what they're going to, what they're going to uh, be putting on the on the air next year. Don't worry about it. And uh, so, yeah, we're just in the way. That's what we do. So let's talk comics first. Yeah. Uh, okay. So okay. today, this week. The Avengers number one, the beginning of the heroic age, so-called. Uh, so uh, we both read the Avengers. And you know why we both read? Because people say, somebody said... We don't pay enough attention to Marvel. So. You know what? I thought about that. Okay. And you know what? If they had been listening over our five-year run or whatever it was, maybe it's two. We've been doing this for five I years. I don't know, but I'm just saying... We covered Civil War ad nauseum. We covered Secret Avengers ad nauseum. Secret Invasion, yeah. Whatever. Was Secret there Avengers? Secret Avengers too? I think yeah. there was. I think maybe. you may be right. So, you know, I don't want to hear this we don't cover Marvel. We cover topical. How's that? Yeah, what people are actually talking about. Right. And therefore, and people have been talking about this big Avengers event. This is the Avengers Day. There was a party here at Elusive for today only. There was an in-store discount of anything with the title Avengers in it. Really? Which is pretty much everything that Marvel produced this week. Ah. And including... What about Revengers? No, because that would be different. Oh, okay. So, you don't spell it with an A, I guess, right? No. R-E. Okay. Yeah. Okay, got it. I do mean that. So... Okay. Uh, the Avengers, number one. I knew Brian Michael Bendis, continuing his... Uh, he, I think he's been writing for five years, The Avengers, he's, since He's been handling them for a while, yeah. And uh, John Romita Jr. on art with Klaus Jensen on inks. Yeah, you're, you're... And by the way, we will be getting that John Romita Jr. kick-ass interview up soon. Soon. Okay, soon. good. That My excuse is... They delayed our take, so and it's okay because I mean I just got a, got the kill Shakespeare interview uh, okay. up and uh, we will we will serve no interview before it's time. 
before before we have time to actually add exactly. it together and make Got it work. It. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, um, so what do you think? I I read it, and I of course haven't been following at least the last two events, Dark Rain and Siege. So I, I haven't don't know. either. But you know what? We haven't been following it, but as good comic nerds and Zorlax, mm-hmm. we've been paying attention to what's been happening. Mm-hmm. And we knew what the siege was about, the siege on Asgard, mm-hmm. and, you know, kind of almost at the tail end of the Dark Reign, kind of. You know, siege kind of is the right. the, the end parenthetical, parenthetical? parenthetical to the Dark Reign. Mm-hmm. And I actually did hear what happened. Did you hear about what happened? At the end of siege? Yeah. Uh, Norman Osborn was uh, captured by Volstagg. Awesome. So justice that, there. So that was absolutely that was a nice touch. I felt like a nice, nice touch to me. Uh, Thor and Iron Man sort of made peace with each uh, other. I thought Thor and Iron Man went to, or no, Thor and Sentry went kind of head to head. Head to head, and uh, and Thor killed Sentry only after that was the the last thing you do. And we knew there was a Sentry fallen sun event last week. But you know what though? From what I hear though, when he after he killed him, he threw him into the sun. So he could come back. Yeah, so I mean, really, do you really throw the man with the power of a million exploding suns into a sun? No. Does that seem smart? No. 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 So Sentry will be back. Yeah. And they replaced the Sentry's Tower, which is on top of the Avengers building, with... Uh, Avengers Tower. With uh, Avengers Tower, but the Sentry, the Sentry's headquarters were at the top. Mm. And they replaced it with um, Heim, uh, a replica of Heimdall's lookout from Asgard. So it's a symbol of that uh, we will never forget. We will never forget, and that they and that and Thor ended up saying something like, you know, whenever there's injustice on Earth, the, we the gods will answer, and and let there be alliance. And so, are there no more Asgardians? No, they're they're still there. Um, Loki, Loki has been apparently killed. Uh, so wait, so are the Asgardians now like? America's newest illegal aliens? I think so. Are they welcome in Arizona? Uh, they do have to show their papers. Yeah. Uh, but Even it's a more calf skins. I was going to say, yeah. they're, they're Norse. I mean, you would think they could yeah. visibly be, you know, maybe but not, but not in the film version they won't be. So, ah, true. You know, that's true. True. Uh, so, I'm Noel's going to be a brother. He's going to be Idris Elba, who is the fantastic oh, Who you enjoyed in The Losers, yes. That's I'm a fan. So, you, so now you're okay with that casting because now you see how kick ass that guy can be. Well, you know what, though? If he plays it kind of Shakespearean and kind of, you know, whatever. Which he can. Yeah. Okay. I'm, okay. A, I'm in it. Back to the Royal Cage. Sorry. Uh, back to the Royal Cage. So now it's actually Avengers number one. I thought it, it had a job to do, which was to catch people up, assuming that people were buying into this as a jumping on point. And I felt. Uh, I I was a little bit confused, but I, I have more patience, I think, than you do sometimes, with even just the first couple of pages where they had gone forward into the f- future with characters you didn't know. Mm-hmm. And I was still I was on that. Oh, sorry. Uh, it, I was on that, and I you know wanted to explain, but I just felt the overall execution of the book. Now I will say this: mm-hmm. the artwork was awesome. Yes. Anytime, anytime I get to see JRJR do, you know, or JR Junior, well, I don't know how it goes. Anytime we get to see him do multiple, you know, he's back on Thor, he's back on Spider-Man, back on Wolverine. And I think he's a tight enough penciler, a strong enough penciler that Klaus Janssen inks and he doesn't lose anything. See, I'm a Klaus fan Janssen. of Klaus Janssen. So. I, know, I like Klaus Janssen, but, he, but there are some art pencilers that when Klaus Janssen inks it, he looks like Klaus Janssen books. Sure, that's true. And the thing that's funny is I used to hate Klaus Janssen. 
because he always had that 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 definitive look and style. But then after a while, I went, you know, now that I could tell it was his style, and I fell in love with Klaus Jensen. So, so I don't know. You put Klaus together and John Romita Jr. It works. Kind of like. I don't know. It's kind of like an ideal manwich, maybe. I don't know. But anyways, um, is it it okay to say I think I'm over Bendis? It's okay to say it. I don't know if that's a good thing to Mm. say, but it's okay. Um, It's an honest response. You're kind of over Bendis. You know what's funny is, is like, okay, um, I just feel like in the world and in the aftermath of all that these characters have been through and I know that you're trying to usher in a heroic age Mm -hmm. where everybody's happy you want to bring back this happiness to comics Mm -hmm. that you haven't had in two years three years whatever it's been and I just feel like it's too happy well I I don't even want to say happiness it may be a lightness yeah it's light it's really light and it it was very joke filled Uh, and it was a little forced with some of the characterizations and 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 I think you made a comment about there was a panel where you thought that it was still kind of like the brain damaged Tony Stark. I don't even know. I don't even know what Tony Stark's status quo is in the regular books. How he's supposed to fit. And I'd say that's probably the biggest problem I had with it was the only reference that I saw that really referenced past events was that there was a conversation between Tony Stark and Steve Rogers to the effect of about civil war, mm-hmm. but what had happened since is completely lighted over, and I don't know. Yeah, there was no real, like... Other than you have Thor back, and you say, oh, you know, this is what it's like to have Thor on a team. Well, you have Thor back, you have Steve Rogers back in the living, Yes. which if you haven't been following, you know, the current, you know, storyline, you might sit there and go, who's this blonde guy? You know what yeah. I mean? Granted, I think they might... Steve Rogers' top cop in the United States or something like that. Yeah, the book is actually going to be Steve Rogers' super soldier, but yeah. Yeah, so I'm just saying, so I mean, it's kind of one of those where it's like, you know, if you are just jumping on, you pick up this book, you don't know that, I mean, do you know that Hank Pym is now, isn't he the Wasp now? Isn't that what well, I don't know, I didn't even see him. Was he in there? Yeah. He wasn't in the group, but he was in that first Oh, I totally see there's a lot of catching up that I don't know, which uh, does remind me of a movie rumor to talk about this week. But anyway, um, yeah, I, so I, I, I think I might, just for the sake of this challenge, I might stay with this for another couple of issues because, that's, I believe, I, I give a book a new concept unless it really turns me off in the first issue. I give it three. To sure. No, no, no. It's it, it, it's not. I, I've went. I've read worse books, but yes. I mean, essentially, this right. book basically kind of shined over everything, disregarded it. I, I don't know. It just felt like you know, if you're an Avengers reader, like I've been for 30 years, yeah, you can pick it right up and go, oh yeah, Avengers are right, at them and whatever. Um, and it, you know, and it kicks right to the action, but then there's just a ton of exposition from a main bad guy that shows up. And well, and, and then and then a lot of even the, the guy actually there was one of the catch-up things uh, where Spider-Man turns to Hawkeye and says, "So you're Hawkeye now? Yeah, I'm Hawkeye now. And you're, uh, but you, well, I don't get it. You were Ronan, and now you're, I mean, it's like yeah. these awkward little things to go. This is what's happened in dialogue, mm-hmm. where it's like really that conversation is just happening for the first time, or you know, really." Yeah, we had to, we had to wait dumb. for yeah, we had to wait for this big you know arrival to 
you know, do all this. And then that's the other thing too. It's like he's Hawkeye now. Have they had a separate issue that's explained that, or uh, it might have been in Siege? I don't know. Yeah, I, so. I don't know I, because it wasn't Bullseye and Hawkeye. Yeah, he was one of the Dark Avengers. Yeah. So, so I don't know. It just I don't know. I, I felt like a lot of the comedy was forced. I felt like. Um, the premise, you know, to start the whole thing just seemed a little, like you were saying, it evoked kind of like the 60s era kind of comic storytelling, which I don't completely mind because, it, you know, we've been complaining that these books are too serious and want them to be happy and fun and light. So I, I don't totally mind that. Um, you know, I, I, like you said, I, I don't think it's that terrible that I would... And not pick up the second one. But if anything, I think that maybe to some extent what's happened is Bendis has fallen into the trap of every Avenger, major Avengers reboot. Too many Avengers. And if there are a chance for people to jump on, like there's a there's an opening page with uh, or an opening spread with um, I don't know like 20 different characters, half of whom I knew, mm-hmm. and there's no identification. There's no chance for me to get excited about oh who's this kid? Right. And then you asked me a couple of times, and I think those are members of the Young Avengers, but I, I'm, I'm not positive. Yeah, and then there were other parts too where I didn't read Siege. But there's a there's an exchange between Captain America, Bucky, mm-hmm. and you know Captain America or and Thor, mm-hmm. and him kind of going, oh, I'm sorry, I don't know who you are. But didn't they just fight together during the siege? I mean, well, I don't know I that. It. I don't know that. And all the promotional I, stuff. I thought that was kind of. Mark, a- have you been reading the siege? No. Okay. no. okay, so no one in the store will be a help to us. Damn it. Um, <laughs> I, 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 uh, that characterization, I, I thought was a shorthand way of, of, without really explaining it, saying somehow these characters that you think know each other don't, you and there's a good too, reason for you it. I think, too, that the way Steve Rogers and Thor go way back, before you know Steve goes, hey, I want you to be in the Avengers, why aren't you Captain America anymore? You think he would be like, well, Thor, it's kind of funny. My old, you know, you know, you think old buddies would have a conversation. You, you know, would think that. Captain America or Steve Rogers is just going to go, come join the team. Yeah. Well, you're not going to be, I'll tell you when you show up. There was also a weird character change that I just didn't quite understand. Um, there's one long-time Avenger who is being set up to be a nemesis of the new team. Again, no, uh, no spoiler. Okay. But I don't know what's happened. But that's so, part of the mystery. I think uh, that's okay. okay, then I'll be okay with that. Um, yeah. But I, then my last little complaint was uh, when the bad guy shows up, and I won't reveal it because it's part of the fun, um, the new Cap. we got to come up with a better name. Instead of Jimmy Cap Barnes, we got to come up with a new... But I like Jimmy Cap Barnes. Jimmy Cap Barnes. Okay, I don't care. we got to start calling him that. So when okay. Jimmy Cap Barnes uh, is... Uh, you know, sees the big bad revealed. He goes, who is this guy? I've never seen him. I don't know who he is. And it's like, look, bro, if you're going to join the Earth's Mightiest Heroes, they have all this stuff on file. You know what I mean? It's part of your duty to, you know, run a little, you know, little computer section and, you know, yeah, brush up. Brush up on your baddies. Yeah, part of that, I I, I, I want to skip that a benefit of the doubt and only because I because I feel like, yeah, if 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 I were Jimmy Cap Barnes, yes, I'd do that, but that's, that's me. No, but you know what, though? I've, I've read issues even where, um, 
you know, some of the newer Avengers, like when Justice joined the Avengers and Kurt Busiek's run, before he was sent out on missions, he had to, do he had to run computer duty where he actually had to brush up on stuff. And that's how he even, you know, was able to help them defeat Ultron one time, was because he was studying the Avenger files. Mm-hmm. So you're going to tell me you're going to take over the mantle of Captain America yeah. and not know who the Avengers' biggest baddies are or biggest enemies are? It, it, it Shut the front door. It, that's it, all it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a fair... It's a fair complaint, a fair criticism. So we'll Steve, see if he has been played that. No, no, see, not. No one in the store can help us. Yes. This is why we don't talk about Marvel. Because no one reads nobody. Marvel yeah. talks. Everybody <laughs> buys it, but nobody reads it. Because <laughs> <laughs> clearly, well, I mean, you do sell more Marvel, right? Yes. Yeah. So, but I think part of that's due to the fact that there are more Marvel titles. Intriguing. Yeah. This, by the way, is Steve Simonetti, assistant, uh, the actual store manager of Elusive Comics Games, 275 Elk Marios, who went Steve, as we like to call it. Steve. <laughs> oh, I don't like that. Okay, um, let's move on. Now, uh, to stick on, on Marvel business, uh, you said there was a very shocking continuity thing, a, a, X, a death among the X-Men last week. Yes, yes. Which um, will be undone within a year, but go ahead. Right. Just like Colossus and Cyclops and... Kitty Pry and Jean Grey okay, a few okay. times. Um, one X Man sacrificed himself. I'm not reading the book. I'm just telling you the death. Okay. And I'm going to find it here in the book. Of he said himself. So X Force Chapter Five of the Second Coming. This is X Force Number Twenty Six. Okay. I'm and get another event with and this is actually a couple weeks old. So somebody will die. Okay, yes. go ahead. Who, who is it? I had no idea. So we, we have protecting to protecting the. I guess is the little girl they're protecting. Is she the Messiah? Is that, what that would be X. Uh, that would be Cable, baby from the future. Okay, that's the little, that's the little girl. girl yes. yes. So, in Nightcrawler. I was just about to say Nightcrawler's never done. No. But Nightcrawler's never died before. I don't think so. I thought he died. No, he like, joined the Catholic Church. He's a priest. Oh, he just maybe that's why they need to get rid of him. Oh, <laughs> oh. yeah, but, no, uh, no, yeah. So there he is with a giant robot arm sticking out of his chest. Oh, wow, Kurt, Kurt Wagner. I'm so sorry. You were my favorite X Man, and now I, I, I can't go on, Lon. Thanks. Yeah, well, all i got to say is there's going to be some hell to pay. All right. Once Mystique gets a load of the fact that her son's been killed. Right. Unless they're not acknowledging that. Unless it was Mystique (gasps) as Nightcrawler. Oh, my. Ooh. Wait, does she get powers if she changes in No, she doesn't. No, then it's not. She just disguises herself perfectly. Mm -hmm. Um no, um, so that's weird. Now, hopefully that'll be undone within a year, but nice to know. Thank you for acknowledging that. Yeah, yeah My cat in high school was named Nightcrawler. That is my absolute Why, favorite. Why, because kept running away and disappearing? <laughs> and would come back a different color. And smell of brimstone? No, oh. you know, it's my, um, no. Oh. Um, no. Uh, another character who died last week, and we really didn't know, <laughs> was uh, <laughs> in Brighton's Day, Titans. I believe it's actually behind us now. Um, I think I just saw it. 
the uh, Birdseye Day Titans, Villains for Hire, the special there, uh, where Deathstroke has created, Deathstroke the Terminator has created his own team, including Cheshire. Um, and Luke Cage, apparently. Uh, no, I don't know who that is. And uh, Osiris. Like, they did this big deal about Osiris from Power of Shazam was going to, the Black Adam family was going to come back and redeem himself. And the first thing he does on the brightest day is... Kill somebody. Kill somebody. Uh, Ryan Choi, the new Adam, uh, died because, well, uh, Ray Palmer came back. They didn't need him anymore. (laughs) They didn't need him. So, um, it's kind of interesting. Um, I read the the, the last Adam series, and some of it was good, and some of it wasn't all that good, and uh, unfortunately, Ryan Choi is gone, and that's... uh, so I don't think he was really given a fair shake. Well, I guess aye, aye, aye. Uh, I just saw Cheshire, a.k.a. Jade, who has lost, by the way, two children. Two of her um, illegitimate children uh, by two different fathers have been killed this year. Well, in look at her. She looks fertile. I think she can have yes. a couple more. Uh, yeah, but I'm just saying, it's again, it's a cheap... Jade? Isn't there another character, Jade, that just came back? Yes, that was the Green Lantern's daughter. Okay. Yes, okay. yes. Um, so Cheshire is the mother of Leon, who was uh, Roy Harper Arsenal's daughter. Okay. Um, and uh, she was killed at the end of J- Justice League, Cry for Justice. Which we all hated. And that's the tattooed man. Oh, that's the new tattooed man. Okay. And uh, and then the other one is her son by Catman has apparently been killed in Secret Six. And she had a son with Catman? Yes. So, um, wow. I have real issues. Although it's been really driving for uh, Catman, uh, it's still, I, I, I don't know. I just feel like uh, clearly people who are right, right the death of small children Children as dramatic turns of events don't have small children. Right. There's just no way you can do that. It's totally different when you are a parent. You just can't. It, it, it's not just good drama. It's just it's it's too wrenching. Well, I've been flipping through this book, not reading it, and it looks like it takes all of this team just to kill one atom. I mean, got to the thing, but it's like, dude, they just they just beat the crap out of this kid. Yeah. So, um, and along those lines. Um, yeah, he's gone, um, and uh, so uh, I guess there's, there's right. room for Ray Palmer because he's in Brightest Day. Even that art, he doesn't look all that Asian. Asian. That's not even like great art. Maybe that's their excuse. Out. I don't know. I, I'm feeling like it's somewhat poorly executed. Uh, as was he. No pun intended. Um, but you know what? Though I will. Oh, that's funny. He's delivered in a matchbox. In a matchbox. Oh, this is... Oh. But I will say the coloring is good. Yeah, but you know what, though? Here's the one thing. And yes. It's the one thing I've always thought about Deathstroke. For years, he's supposed to be this badass. Yeah. But he never did anything badass. So they had to... They have to start showing... Like, when, when he took on the JLA in, what was it, Identity Crisis? Yeah. You're sitting there going, hey... Deathstroke. I mean, because before he'd fight the Titans, he'd fight a bunch of kids. You know. Well, there were reasons for that from the very beginning. Sure, but I'm just saying that you know, to establish a major villain, yeah, he's got to have some good kills under his belt, especially when his name used to be the Terminator. Right. And he had uh, he had his own book for a while. They they had a Deathstroke. He was Terminator a popular book. guy. He he was. But he never really terminated anybody back then, did he? No. Uh, big names. No. Yeah. Oh. No, uh, Many Lipowitz. Not a big name. Yeah, no. okay, got it. Uh, you know, other things canceled. Uh, CMX. It's been apparently there's a question now. Is is what is CMX? 
Uh, I explained this to you before, and you asked the same question, and I answered it, and you still. But we've had food since then, so your your blood is running. Today or the, the today? Last week? In fact, uh, you less than, CMX less than an hour ago. CMX is DC's manga. Oh, line okay. Sorry. Of books. You didn't tell me it was Sam. You just said their manga line got canceled or the something. CMX and CMX. Uh, so they have a few books left, but uh, that will be there. But apparently, they have trans. They've purchased and translated a whole bunch of titles that are just never going to come out. It's officially going to end, I think, July or August. Mm-hmm. And so, the question is, that with Viz Media, has just had a whole bunch of layoffs as well. Um, the question is, it clearly, is has manga just been completely uh, swamped the market? Is and has it died out as a fad? It'll be interesting to see. It'll be interesting to see. You know, I didn't even know D- that DC had a manga wing, so... I know, but there are a lot of things in comics that I know, you know, and it's well, a I, I know you don't pay attention to a lot of the business side of things. No, 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 I don't, but at the same time, I don't pay a lot of attention to the manga either, so... Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, whatever. It's cool. Well, I don't read it. I just pay attention to, like, what's going on when DC launched a manga line. It was like, okay... Does that mean that it's everybody's everybody's doing it? Because Marvel did, but you know Marvel had to cancel some of their they were doing they were doing manga versions of their own heroes through the Del Rey publishing arm, and that those got canceled too. Yeah. So I I think when kids read the manga, they don't want the mainstream stuff. They want the manga. Yeah, they want the manga manga. Maybe we'll see. Although Twilight in the manga has been selling very well. Twilight anything will sell. Uh, no, and it's just wrong. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, also. This summer, DC is raising the prices on a lot of books. They're sneaking it through. Also, this summer, I will be buying less DC Yeah, books. because this means it's up to three ninety nine. So that's four bucks a book, which means that now you can you can only get three books for twelve dollars. You can get three books for under ten dollars. Now you can only get two and a half books for under ten. Three books for under ten. It was two ninety nine. No, at two ninety nine. Oh, I see. Nine dollars, but now so three books and a third you can get for ten bucks, and now you can get two and a half books. Mm. I don't like mm. it. No, sir. You know what I can get for ten bucks? I don't want you to say it because I want to keep this. Uh, you know, no, no, a loaf of bread and some meat, and I can feed myself for a week. Yeah. For ten bucks. Or a couple days. Sure. Yeah. Well, you figure, you know, one sandwich a day, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Three. Three sandwiches. Okay, all right. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I'll be very Okay. Toast. Okay, sure. Then for two days straight, sure. Yeah, but can I toast an issue of Time Masters? No. (laughs) I mean, you could eat it. I could, but it It wouldn't wouldn't be right here. No, it wouldn't be right. So I'm a little bothered about that, especially when on the heels of Jim Lee just talking about how he knew things were getting too expensive and they were going to try to offline, and then a month later they just go, you know what we said? That That was a joke. So I don't know. I mean, I feel like this is the moment of we are rapidly pricing ourselves out. Mm-hmm. And yeah. by we, I mean the industry. I'm not going to yeah. say me. I, you know, it, it's I can't afford to do this. No, I don't, you know that's pretty much why I stopped collecting fervently. So yeah, so. Uh, take notice, DC. It'll be interesting to see you because I know Marvel had uh, last week. I noted there was a couple of new books coming out that Marvel raised up at three ninety nine. Yeah, but you know what? I'm just looking at the wall right here, and I'm looking at the Invincible Iron Man, Iron Man, The Armor Wars, Iron Man. I am Iron Man. Iron, Iron Man, Man Two, Public Identity, The Indomitable Iron Man, Iron Man Legacy, Iron Man Noir, Iron Man Whiplash. Seven, eight, seven, eight, eight different Iron Man books. Yes. And they probably all tell a story that isn't continuity or isn't canon or is going to get one of them must. Let me see. One of them must be in continuity. Which one is? Two of them are movie adaptions. The, the Invincible Iron Man is uh, the regular in continuity book. 
Um, yeah, but yeah, it is. You see what I'm saying? Though? I do see what you're saying. Well, you expect you know your people to stick with you and and support and buy your books when you just put out. I mean, hey, I like Iron Man as much as the next guy. In fact, more than the next guy. Oh, sure, but I'm just saying it's like you know when these go up to four bucks a book, you know, yeah. I might buy one. Yeah, all eight of those. You know what I mean? You'd buy the one in continuity, wouldn't you? Right, exactly. Or the great one shot that's just so well written, you have to have that. You know, right. so. so, that's what I'm saying. That's what we're facing. Yeah, okay. Hey, let's move to some movie stuff. Because, speaking of Iron Man, you said you wrote down here you've got some questions. Well, here's the thing, Derek. Okay. We never got a chance to analyze Iron Man because last week's podcast, Rick hadn't seen it yet. Right, and now Rick will never see it because he can't see. Right. Unless he gets Iron Man's optical sensor. By the way, no, he hasn't really gone blind. He's 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 going to recover. Anyway, right. go ahead. So I just wanted to go into a couple key points, but I also came up with some questions that I wanted to address to you and maybe our listeners at home because okay. I found some a couple flaws in the plot. Oh, a couple? Okay, yes. Go ahead. Uh, well, yeah, okay. Well, there were a couple just funny ones. These are before we go into the big questions. Mm-hmm. And uh, actually one that I, it just, this is just amusing just for us. Um... So, I was kind of laughing at the fact that, okay, so Mickey Rourke is this, this, this badass kind of Russian gangster creator guy or whatever. Yeah. He wears the hair long. Yeah. But then at the very end, or, you know, he's got his suit on or whatever, he puts on he puts it up in this little girly ponytail. He did it a couple times throughout yeah. the movie. Yeah. And so I kind of sat down and went, way to not look badass, Mickey Rourke. <laughs> however, however, Rob Wilson shop employee in Elusive Comics made a comment that made me go oh I wonder Rob Wilson goes and we were laughing at it and he goes oh yeah I thought they were just paying an allusion to the Whiplash character who, who used to have a yeah, yeah. ponytail coming out the top and I went if he did that for that that's actually almost kind of cool, cool. you know what yeah. I mean like so it made me kind of think and go I thought it was just Mickey Rourke trying to keep the hair out of his eyes, but if they're alluding to the original character with having whips and, you know, the little hair sash come out the top, I went, oh, son of a gun, that's kind of cool. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So that was one. Um, another problem, this was a problem I had with the film. Now, I'm guessing most people have seen this. If not, spoiler alert, you might want to jump ahead two minutes, as Rick might say. Um, there's a part in the movie where Tony Stark figures out he has to discover this new element. element to save his life. So he yells at the computer, Look out, boys. It's time for a remodel. And he begins to remodel his house with a sledgehammer. So at that point in the movie, I lean over to my friend Paul, and I go, Doesn't he have a suit he could put on that would maybe uh, make this a lot easier? You know what I mean? Like, he's tearing down a wall with a sledgehammer. I can answer this. Yes. Okay, because I think that actually doing that would have accelerated the radiation in the... Oh, and use it physically exerting himself, no, wouldn't I'm it? I'm just saying it's different. It's no, different. I don't know. Because that's powering that's powering his suit as well. Yeah, but I'm just saying he that... He burned through the element you, faster. You do the suit, you remodel in like, I don't know, a couple hours. Well, let me explain you something here. Hammer. Now Marvel is owned by Disney, and Disney also does a home, uh, the home makeover... Extreme Home Makeover Edition, and that's exactly what they do. They take a sledgehammer okay. to the wall. But see, this was, I guess, my biggest problem in yes. the movie was I felt like it was At all least Ty Pennington didn't come in and go, All right, let's tear down that house. <laughs> but my problem was, was uh, he. it was more of a Tony Stark 
Robert Downey Jr. ego movie. Yeah. And it kind of just felt like, oh, well, here's a chance to show me working out with my sledgehammer and looking all smart oh, and cool. Well, he ripped, isn't he? Well, he did get into some pretty good shape. Um, so, yes, that was, a, that was another kind of complaint. The other complaint was... Um, if everybody had the code to get into a secret basement, why lock the door? You know what I mean? Like, Rody comes down, he's working in the basement, <laughs> he gets in. Pepper's working, she gets in. Agent Coulson from S.H.I.E.L.D. walks down, he gets in. You know, it's a really good. What if somebody, what if somebody who just stumbled in from a party? I think that would, that would probably be the real reason. Sure, but he has a party. But my point is, in the movie, you show three main characters, and they all got the code. So it's like, let's save the door open while you're working down there. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it was ridiculous. Okay, okay. okay that's, Those are my little complaints. That's an interesting complaint. Now I have two big ones. Okay, give us two big ones. Here's the biggest one. Um, but I have a question for you. Sure. How are the Iron Man suits powered? Repulsor rays? I don't know. Repulsor technology? They, no. they connect into the battery in his chest. The arc reactor that he has in his chest. Yes. Okay. So, in the first movie, established continuity was, those things are pretty rare. He only had one in his chest. Yeah, and he built a second one. He built, well, he built the second one to replace an old one, yeah. which the Ironmonger ended up using, yeah. and then got destroyed. Right. Okay. How does James Rhodes put on the Mark II and wear it successfully without an arc reactor in his chest? You mean to tell me that all his old suits, he leaves old arc reactors in? Well, now, maybe you, as a longtime comic fan, could tell me, then wouldn't that same explanation, how did War Machine do it in the comics? Well, the thing is, is it'd be understandable if you put one in to have another person wear. But if he's Tony Stark and he's going to wear his old armor... He's already got an arc reactor in his chest. Well, he wouldn't I, have two arc no, reactors. No, I understand what you're saying, but it seems to me that it was that when Tony Stark was too drunk to put on the armor in the um, Demon in a Bottle storyline, that's where War Machine came from, wasn't it? Rhodey well, stepped into the armor. I believe at that point, you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm saying movie continuity, not yeah, comic okay. continuity. Then uh, that's a pretty major problem because it makes no sense that Rhodey would just be able to strap on the Mark II, which was originally powered by Tony's old arc reactor. Actually, I, there is a line of dialogue that may take care of that, and that is that it is acknowledged, uh, now I can't remember who said it, oh, Plano, Nick, Nick Fury said it. He, um, he set it up so that Rhodey could step into the armor. I don't remember that. Yeah, when Nick Fury says you're, you're acting like a man who's going to die, you're giving away your collections, you're making sure that your friend, ever telling him he can't have it, still gets it. Maybe, maybe, but I'm just saying that's a pretty big plot hole because should he ever have to step back into the Mark II armor, you can't step into an armor that already has an arc. I mean. He's got well, an iron in his chest. He's going to wear another one on top of that. They do, didn't they form certain? Well, yeah. I mean, that's common. That's common. That's just a weird thing. Okay. And I'm going to say one other thing, just because it's on my mind right now. Is apparently they did an Iron Man uh, Black Widow comic book crossover uh, tie-in that okay. is not selling well because you know I thought the weirdest flaw. It was just a, a mistake or a bad editing. Is like they never call her Black Widow or Nat or Natasha Romanoff. 
She's always Natalie I Russell. I said Miss Romanoff once. Did they? Yes. Oh, okay. Because Natalie Russell was an, uh, I said it was an alias, and it's really Natasha. Or I don't. Know she, I don't know if he called her Natasha, but he said Miss Romanoff. Okay, maybe at like the donut shop or something. All right, the last complaint, which. I can. I guess we can technically explain, but they never really explained. Mm-hmm. Is the race in Monaco? Mm-hmm. Now, if Tony Stark didn't even know he was going to drive the car until the very last minute when he bumps the driver out. How did Ivan Blanco know that? Right. How did Ivan, or was it just pure dumb coincidence? It's pure dumb coincidence. He knew that he was going to be at the race. Right. I mean, so like I said, this is easy to explain. Yeah. But in the movie, it's just so damn easy that. Oh, hey, I just happen to be working in the pit crew. Well, and here's one of the things with the flaw of the way they do this, because they improvised a lot of the dialogue. Mm-hmm. And they said, you know, the Justin Theroux has, already, has said it was really hard to keep up with going back. And, I mean, essentially, it's transcribing what they've done. So there's a screenplay that says Justin Theroux wrote a screenplay. <laughs> right, right. And, 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 and John Favreau said this about Iron Man 1, that it's, about the first one, that it's really hard um, it's working backwards from story as you're coming up with like the big effect sequences and the big set pieces and then figuring out how to justify them and tie them together and it is the flaw in that kind of movie making and it is sometimes a flaw in comic book storytelling when it, when a comic book is is not satisfying to us when the fight scenes exist for the sake of wouldn't it be badass if this happened instead of instead of isn't it logical that that we this is why we go away um, <laughs> isn't it logical that we you know that, that this happens organically and that's the problem and, and so they had this idea for a great race scene which uh, the scene of the racetrack is great. It's fun. It's exciting. It's really intriguing. It's uh, a great way to introduce the villain. Uh, to really show him, show his strutted stuff. Did they ever call him Whiplash? For no. that matter? No. He was always Vonko. Yeah. So it was good. Uh, you, know, you know, but uh, it was a good scene. But yes, it, the, how they so got I, there. But I could explain. I could. I could rationalize it as he wasn't going there for Stark. He was going there to cause trouble. Cause trouble for Stark's car. For, right. He was. He knew that was going to be a big Stark event, and he was going to just cause havoc. Cause havoc. So when Stark just happened to be there, and Stark would show up, right, one way or the other, and uh, he, would he would get, get his attention. Right. Yeah. So that's that's explainable. But I'm just saying, in, in the in the context of the movie, you're like, oh, lucky break. You it's know what I mean? Sloppy, and I admit, and I admit, I am a little. Probably too forgiving when it's a superhero movie, and I'm just so excited that it's a, you know to see those characters. But then I say one of my problems with Iron Man too. I enjoyed it, but um, there's a long time that there's a long time between Iron Man appearances. Yeah, yeah. And I think for guys our age, it's fine. But for the for the kids to get in, mm-hmm. this is I. Well, like I said, it was a lot of RDJ. Yeah. It was all him going, this is my franchise now. And this is entertaining for adults. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily entertaining for the kids. And so. And for the most part, I've heard everybody loves it still. Yeah. A lot of people are kind of, eh, well, eh, it's Iron Man, I like it. Well, and I also say, you know, you and I, in particular, as, among the people we know, we're a little pickier. We see a lot of movies. Mm-hmm. We've seen a lot of movies. We will see a lot of movies. And so, for us, it's, you know, it's different. For the average moviegoer, it's like, you know, they see it and they go, oh, it was good. You know, it blowed up good. It was fun. I was entertained. Um, you know, and that's fine. I don't know if I'd say we're holding ourselves to a higher standard or not. I mean, you know, but... Yeah, there's just certain parts of it. Just as a filmmaker, not as, as a film viewer, 
you kind of sit there and go, oh, come on. Yeah. You know, so. You know, so okay. But that's it. So, okay. no, that's the final word. Okay. Now, We're done. I'm going to go with a little Marvel movie casting news that came out this week. Ooh. With uh, Kevin Feige. Feige? Feige? I believe they say Feige. Did they really? Kevin mm-hmm. Feige? Okay, Kevin Feige. Because uh, I just watched Iron Man panel from Comic-Con where RDJ calls him Feige. Okay. Um, he, um, he let slip in an interview, or possibly let slip, that Nathan Fillion, who's the star of Castle, yeah. currently on television. Everybody and, wanted to play Green Lantern. Uh, who's in, yeah, in Doctor And Lord. Mal from Firefly. Firefly. You do know. Oh, I do. Okay. You, uh, Nathan Fillion is a lock to play Hank Pym. In the Avengers movie, which mm. is being directed by Joss Whedon, mm. who used Nathan Fillion in, in Buffy, Serenity, Firefly, and I don't know Dr. if I like Horrible. that casting. I'm not positive, except I'll say this. What I like about it is, no, what I think is that Nathan Fillion deserves to get an actual live-action franchise. He's played the Vigilante and the Justice League Unlimited cartoon, but he deserves to get a live-action franchise because he's got the looks. Right, but the thing is, is... Is he Hank Pym? I don't think no, Hank no, no, Pym no, is a funny thing, guy. The thing is, Hank Pym is, is, is a white beater. You know what I mean? Like, Hank Pym is, is an insecure, not a nice guy. You know what I mean? And... You but know, I could see that being a nuanced challenge that he would like. Sure, but, but at the same I would time, rather, yeah. Nathan Fillion is a heroic. It took actor. him a while to, de- to develop that characterization of Hank Pym, and so okay. and so. But that's what he's known. As. That's what he's familiar. As. That's what they already established but in everybody, Ultimate Avengers. But everybody forgives him in the record oh, over the years. Over but the you years. put him in a movie, beating somebody. But I'm saying no, no, no. But I'm saying that right now, if somebody walked into a comic store, picked up a comic book, they don't pick up a comic book and the characters aren't turning to each other and go, well, you know, Hank Pym's a white beater. You okay, keep well, holding on to that. You know what else they say? And I think it's a very bad, it was a very bad characterization in the first place. I like the insecurity that came out of it. Well, you know like, what else they say? What do they say? Hank Pym is a scientist. Yeah. Does Nathan Fillion come off as a scientist? He could. I think he's a good actor. He's a good but, actor, but... But I'm not so sure that he's a meathead. And, and, so and I mean that as, as a compliment. He's a very fun... Well, have you watched Castle? I can see Nathan Fillion. He's very clever. I mean, he he, he's a bright believably guy. seems very bright on Gazelle. As a writer. Yes. As a scientist, I don't know. I can see him as... We'll see. Uh, yeah. If it's true. Because apparently, like Edgar Wright has said, well, if he's developing a separate Ant-Man movie, uh, that was news to him. But I then, of course, we're, we're two months before Comic-Con, nobody's gonna, going to confirm or deny something that it would be a, an awesome Comic-Con. If he went to a panel and said, yes, Nathan Fillion is, is Hank Pym, that Couldn't would go insane. More, can you see him more as a Hawkeye? Oh, my God, he'd be a great wouldn't, Hawkeye. Wouldn't he be an awesome what Hawkeye? What a brilliant casting that would be. Now he see? would be an awesome Hawkeye. So why Hank Pym? You know, I don't know. Get somebody, you know, well, maybe that's get Neil Patrick Harris as Hank, Hank, Hank Pym. Pym. Oh. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Oh. Yeah. I can't hear him anymore. Right. Now, Neil Patrick Harris would make an awesome Hank Pym. Scientific. That's Dr. Horrible. And Joss Whedon's directing. That's great. Joss, I know you're listening. And, and if Hawkeye is indeed in the adventure script... He's got to be. Then, then Nathan Fillion could be Hawkeye. That would be great. Oh, my. Brilliant. Uh, we really just did it. Give me a pound. We just All right. It. Very we good. Just, we just cured it. We just cured how the now let's, talk about people, now let's talk about people that aren't going to get jobs anytime soon. Megan Fox lost one. 
Michael Bay mm-hmm. uh, decided that after she called him, to, she referred to working with him on Transformers 2 as being like working with Hitler, that, um, you know what, I, I just, before you finish... We, we use that too li- liberally. I know, we do. I know. I, wa- I watch the Colbert Report. But it's also I, one of those where... Or the Lewis Black thing on Daily Sure, Show. sure, sure. But it's also one of those where I, I just think... God, I know. I'm Look, gonna sound, you're going to attack we, Megan Fox for saying something on no, 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 no. What I mean is, is can't we just... Rest it? Uh, no, just meaning like, can't, since it's such a liberal take on it, can't we be a little more forgiving of it? You know what I mean? Like... Just yeah, it's, it, it's lost its power. It's because you and I, we would say it's like working with Doctor Doom, but <laughs> I would never say that. But I would. Maybe but, you should. But you know what the thing is, though. I like, everybody would get it. For example, like the term Nazi is such a li- it's used so liberally. No, I know. I, 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 you're preaching to the choir. Okay. But, um, the point is that Michael Bay did not take kindly to Megan Fox ripping into him in the press over and over again. Well, so Michael he Bay has got the ego a size of a transformer. So. Well, and there you go. I'll never, I will never work with him now. So. Well, that's fine. Um, Wait, you don't you've even got work an ego. You've got an ego the size of a Nazi transformer. Oh. There, yeah, Oberfuhrer Prime Blitzkrieg. Blitzkrieg. So um, she's fired from Transformers Three. Or rather, suddenly the script no longer has a place for her character. She will. Uh, oh, that's a shame because gosh, she was so crucial in the first two. Yeah, and it was like I don't even think they gave her character a name. It was just Hot Chick leans over I a motorcycle. She had a name. I couldn't tell you what it was. Hot Chick I fixes her car under the hood. Yes, she sweats well. There was a nice sheen of perspiration mm, on her at yes. all times. Uh, and Shia LaBeouf this week at Con. Wait, wait, can, before you go to that, yeah. can we talk about how the franchise is going to suffer without Megan Fox? Or? Well, because Shia LaBeouf ties in here. Shia oh, okay. LaBeouf Please. is, you know, gave an interview at Con where he acted for Wall Street 2, Money Never Sleeps. And I'm he, looking forward to that one. Yeah, I am too. And by looking forward, I mean not looking forward well, to Well, I actually am yeah. looking forward to it. I think it might be interesting. I like Oliver Stone films. Here. Oh, Troy Benson's here. Hi there. Hello, Troy. I loved your your article on the law thing, by the way. Yes, Troy Benson, who, if you haven't read his recent article about about his outrage of the legal system in the DC universe, that got us international attention. Yay, Troy. Fantastic. Yay. Uh, So, anyway, let's talk about how Transformers 2 sucked, and they failed to uh, make that movie very uh, arresting and engaging, and they got too big, and they understood the temptation. I'm just curious, what... How engaging does Transformers 2 have to be? Let, let me ask you something. When, you, when somebody goes, you're going to make a Transformers movie, what are you expecting? Robots in disguise. <laughs> right. <laughs> Fighting other robots. Yeah. What, what has to be engaging about Well, uh, I'll tell you. I, I had a problem with Transformers 2. And we, I mean, we, you could go back and read my review. Um, is I had a trouble, trouble figuring out which robots were, in, were sure. fighting. And Just paint them different colors. You know what I mean? That's all I want. Yeah, that's, that's all I want. I want bright colors. You, you not once track me with shiny objects right, like once, a apart. Not once in your well, not once in your review did you say I need more of Shia's struggle. I need I to know not. what happens a spike. I did not need. I that. need to know what the human is. He's like. I mean, yeah, Sam. He's Sam. Sam. Sam with Ricky. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, so. You know what I'm saying though, and so it's to me like I read the interview too, and he said, you know, we're going to do better in this third. We're going to bring back a human element, and we're going to you know raise the stakes. And I sat there and went, I don't want to watch humans. The movie's called Transformers. I would also like to see fewer dogs humping pillows. I would like to see fewer minutes of his parents. If they bring his parents, yeah. you know they're going to bring his parents. No, I don't like his parents. Yeah. So just this whole, oh, so we let you down on Transformers too. You did, but not for the reasons you think. 
think. I, you know what? I don't even think he let us. I mean, dude, seriously, Michael Bay is the perfect guy to do a transformation. And how much control does Shia LaBeouf really think he has? And how integral to the... He's got seven fingers of control. Ooh, Ooh, too soon? That was too oh, soon. Ouch. That was too soon. I will never work with Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> oh, it's okay. He's not going to work for anybody else because he also then said he admitted that Indiana Jones uh, 4 was also bad. And you don't say to Spielberg, yeah, we're good friends and everything. We let him down, but really, you know, I mean. He needs to hear this. That's he what he needs said. to hear that, yeah. And you know what you need to hear, Shia? The sound of the unemployment <laughs> line. <laughs> so. Here's Lindsay Lohan's number. Uh, give her a call. <laughs> give her a call. You guys can talk it over. Ouch. Yeah. Hit and behave. Okay, so let's talk some TV, shall we? Yeah. You want it? Yeah. Sure. Are we all done with movies? Oh, we are. Um, all right. And then, uh, we'll we can talk about Lost, but I really think we, you know, we should just do a big Lost rabbit. Although with yeah, all I've talked to Mario. We want to do a like when it's all said and done, just a oh, Lost. Oh, awesome! Then I, I'm so looking forward to that. I, and I will sit. Rad. I will sit and read comic books while you do. And that. by the way, uh, last Thursday I was in the shop just hanging out with Steve, Mustache Steve, Mustache Steve, and uh, Stephen Nelson from Bake or former Bacon <laughs> programmer. Came in and me and him had about an hour long, maybe an hour and a half long discussion uh-huh. just on on loss. So I'd like to invite Stephen Nelson. Oh, that'd be great. I will if you're listening, Stephen, okay, email we'll, us. We'll, I'll, I'll email Stephen. That'd be great. Just, we, need, we need just a lot. And Rick would love recap, would yeah. love that, and that'll be and that'd be you know especially if there's a night uh, if, if it turns out that afterwards I need a night off. Uh, that'd be Ooh. great because. Someday I will watch Lost. Well, we're going to know. find a night that Mario's available. That's, so that's Mario, well, write us in and tell okay, us. Okay, well, I'll, I'll email him as well. So, okay, well, we'll hold off on that. Um, there's been a lot of, I think what we're mostly going to talk about is the new season, uh, what the, what the, how this old season is wrapping up and shaking down. Oh, I just heard a show got canceled today. Oh, which show? I can't tell you. What? Why not? Because I have to whisper it. Why? Because it's the Ghost Whisperer. Oh, yeah, that got yeah. canceled, the Ghost Whisperer. Uh, and the horror book series was doing so well. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Never going to work with Jennifer Love You. That's a shame. Um, but, I'd like to work on her. Uh, oh, Jamie Kennedy's there first. So, um, oh, yeah, that, that bothers you, doesn't nah, it? Yeah, that's over. Do it anymore. Um, so anyway, V, which I, I kind of, I'm not quite caught up, but V has been put to mid-season, which I don't have a problem with. Didn't it start as a mid-season? Yeah. Like so what? I, well, they did four episodes in the fall, and they came and they gave it a rest. It's like a mini-series. Like, you know what? I would rather do that. Do mini-series of based around. I mean, like it's like a novel series or something. Put it in a little clump. Then wait till you have another good idea. Make sure it's the best idea you can. That's not yeah, what they're going to do with me. That's not what they're going to do with me. You know what? That show is so hard to watch. I tried to watch like the last 20 minutes of that the other night. Yeah. And it's just like looking at the greens. You can just see it's all green. Well, my other big problem with me is they, they chose a lot of actors who look like underneath their skin they might be lizards. <laughs> And that's the people that are supposed to be the humans. Oh, right. <laughs> and right. So I have a problem with that. Or maybe I'm finding myself looking around at people and going, everybody looks like they could be losers. <laughs> I saw one part where one guy, and I don't think this is a spoiler. But I hope not because I'm not that far ahead. They showed one bee eating, a, I don't know, a deer, a dead carcass. Oh, Christ. Thanks. <laughs> spoiler. Okay. The bees killed Bambi. If you're listening, the deer doesn't make it. Oh, anyway. God. No. So he's eating, and then all of a sudden, he does like a werewolf or vampire type thing where he like he like comes up from his neck yeah, like, with his jaw. How do lizards do that? Well, I was just thinking about that, and I'm like, you know, I've had some pretty big meals in my life. I've never stopped and went. Ah! 
not, you know, just I was so happy to be here. You lied. We just had dinner. You may not recall. Everyone at the oh, Pizza Hut looked yeah, at you. Right. Everyone stared, and it wasn't. That's true. Yes. Okay. I did have blood all over yes, my. You lips did. Too. It was weird because we had salad. That might have been beet juice, <laughs> but beet. <laughs> Um, yeah, but I'm just saying, I, I thought that was, like, such a cheesy, like, vampire thing yeah, to do. Yeah. And I was like, he's an alien lizard. He's not a vampire. Yes. This is stupid. So, Chuck... Whoever directed that episode, shame on you. There you go. Chuck has been renewed, so I'm happy about that. I don't know if you're still catching up. I don't watch Chuck. But I really enjoyed that, but I'm happy with that. Um, Big Bang Theory has been renewed. And moved. And moved. So, you know, and Community has been renewed, too. Our favorite series have been moved, have been renewed, and moved... Pitted against each other. Why must they do this? It's like Sophie's choice for us. You know what it is? What? It's CBS going, we want to kick NBC's ass. Well, and here, and the interesting thing is, because you know what else CBS has done is they moved Survivor, which has been had been kicking NBC's mm-hmm. ass, and they're moving that to Wednesday nights. Right. So I don't care about Survivor, but to put my two favorite sitcoms against each other, I'm finding that very well, troublesome. You know what else too is though, is that. You can build a night. CBS can build a night of comedy with a Big Bang Theory lead-in, which just yeah. Big Bang Theory just got syndication, didn't it? I might. I, 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 I just read that somewhere. Like they just got scored a giant. Well, that's awesome. Awesome. It deserves it. It's, yeah. a, it's a funny show. But I'm just right now. If it's up against Community, I'm going to watch Community. Well, you know what? I actually I would watch Big Bang Theory on Thursday nights, and then I would watch Community on Hulu. Right, but they wouldn't get your ratings though. So I'm in support. You're right. I understand. Well, I'm just saying that's me. Maybe the two of us will split. I will watch Big Bang Theory and give them the ratings. You know what's what sucks too in CBS? If you're listening, um, I'm sure they are. Put Big Bang Theory episodes available online. They don't have complete episodes available online. No, they don't, and that's just stupid. Yeah, because you know what? When I miss an episode, I will go watch it online. But it's not the whole episodes are not. Of available. course, if you have, if you have, if there's any show that has an audience that knows how to find ways to get that show, sure, exactly. <laughs> but it just, it just seems ridiculous, though, for yeah. audiences of that show can't watch it online. Yeah, it's I mean? not even on on demand. Yeah, and I, I don't know what the criteria for on demand, but Two and a Half Men is on demand on Comcast. Why isn't Big Bang Theory? Uh, which is a great Warner Brothers centric. And the thing about Chuck, you should note, is that they just predicted last week, and they said Chuck, as a kid, his sister made a Hawkman costume for him. He says, "Oh, I still have that Thanagarian helmet." I'm like, "Really?" I know she's his older sister and she loves him, but she knows that Hawkman's from Thanagar. Really? Well, she's established as not really a nerd, but oh. he is. You know, so I thought that was kind of funny. But it's definitely I love, and I caught that they have all the DC showcase paperbacks on on Chuck's bookshelf. You can see from a distance. Is he supposed to be DC sponsor or uh, well, Warner Brothers produces oh, the show, okay. and it's like, and they produce Big Bang Theory, so it's like you see the same books. Uh, on the set of Big Bang Theory that you do on Chuck, so I like that, even though they're different networks. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's uh, the them for making us choose. Yeah, things that got these choice. Oh, uh, right. yes, things that got canceled. Flash forward. I know you haven't been watching that. You know, uh, but I wanted to. But then after you guys were kind of hit and miss with it, it was like yeah. Uh, but I'm glad it has an ending because then I'm. I'm go- Is it going to get an ending? They said that the series, series finale, season finale, series finale will be satisfying enough. Huh. And, it, and it should because basically this whole major event that they that set up was really it was like a six month premise. Mm. And and they try and, and to extend further and say, oh no, it's going to happen again. It's going to happen again. Was like, no, I want it solved. Right. I don't want it to just keep. You know. So that's the problem. I. 
is that I feel this season a lot of things like V, like Flash Forward, these are ideas that have a finite life built into sure. them. Yeah. If you get a flash forward six months, well then that's all you got. Six mm-hmm. months, solve it, and it'll be done. Yeah, with V, the finite life is that I saw all those alien ships hanging out in the outer space. Yeah. Earth's done. It's either finished. So, uh, it is, yeah. So just do the episode where Which they... Which is one of those where, like, Stephen Earth. Hawking, you know, he, if Stephen Hawking could have said this on his little computer thing, we're toast, man. We're toast. <laughs> <laughs> Get <laughs> me the amp out of here. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's it. Um, Heroes got canceled. <laughs> and good lord. Heroes oh, got canceled. Steve. Mustache Steve pulled an Anna. Um, so, <laughs> so Heroes got canceled. What? What got canceled? Heroes. That show, is that, is that a show? It, it was a show that once upon a time some of us were excited about. Uh, I hated that time. show. Oh, actually, you know what? Uh, the first episode, I hated it. But then you guys were, oh, it's good. So I tried to watch. First season kind of made me, oh, okay, I'm in it, whatever. Yeah. And, but I still thought it was very derivative and... And uh, what's the word? Cliched, uh, uh, hackneyed, banal, kleptomaniacs, or um, kleptomaniacal? I don't um, know. Plagiaristic? Plagiaristic, that's good. That's it. Yeah, uh, Steve, you're getting called. So, um, yeah, because it's interesting. Uh, on the eve of them getting canceled, they're getting sued by a small press company that has a book called Carnival of Souls, Ooh. which says that apparently there was this whole carnival plotline. Actually, we know that because at Comic-Con a couple of years ago, they had this carnival set up on, mm-hmm. the, lo- on mm-hmm. the lawn uh, in honor of heroes. Mm-hmm. And wait, wait, let me, let me, so some, like, little up-and-coming little comic company saying they invented the whole creepy carnival aspect? Uh, well, they... They make his. Uh, they never heard of the I've Carnival been, of Crime, Marvel uh, the Circus of Crime. Circus of Crime. Uh, yeah. Wasn't there an HBO show called Carnival? Well, uh, Carnival. Was it Carnival? Car- it was an E at the end, Carnival. Yes. But they were still like a creepy carnival. Yes. Right? But here's the case they make. And okay. They said that they that essentially, like out of their first issue, it seemed like a lot of the panels were almost like storyboarded. And I saw, and I think it was Bleeding Cool did a kind of a side by side comparison. Mm-hmm. And when yeah, I see it. No, I don't. I, I could see that maybe there was some inspiration. Maybe, but I would agree with you. Not only that, they're called Carnival of Souls, which is a famous horror film. So they've taken <laughs> their title from a famous wow. public domain horror film. So they kind of ripped off the idea. But I would agree with you. Circus Crime, something like that. Torchwood did an episode with the with the evil carnival. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's an, an old premise. It's dude. an old premise. It's creepy. It's effective. It's something wicked this way comes. Right. It's... And the, other, and the other thing, too, is, you know, in Hero's defense, you know, if I was their defense attorney, I was going to say... And by the way, this is a weak defense, but go ahead. I would just say, look, have you watched Heroes? We've ripped off everything we've ever done. Yes. What makes you guys so special? Yeah. I mean, they have a little girl that's basically Wolverine. Um, they have, you know... Well, I mean, here's what's done. is now a lot more people are suddenly aware there was a carnival called Carnival of Souls, and that's the purpose of the... Of the uh, so it's just good... Uh, a lawsuit. It's a publicity so stunt. Yeah. I mean, it's a publicity stunt. And if they actually win the case... Well, then you get some money to make up for the fact that they're losing money hand over fist by publishing a comic book. Yeah. Way to go. Not Way to go, smarty. And not being Marvel or DC. Mm-hmm. Or Dark Horse. And stealing your name from an old yeah. horror movie. So... Way to go. Um, it's interesting. It's interesting. I I, I want to add in take one it to the, take it to Judge Judy. I, I want to add in that I did um, finally watch something we talked about a couple weeks ago. Like we Rick and I got on DVD. You maybe remember the controversy that both Rick and I got copies of the drawn, to, oh. drawn together the movie the movie right. 
Um, and uh, so I finally watched it. We got a chance to sit down and watch it. And um, if you were a fan of Drawn Together uh, and you haven't got this movie yet, you need to get it. I'm, I'm of this thing, like when I had uh, the Family Guy, something, 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 Dark Side. Without the censors, I can't decide if I think it's funny or not, funnier or not. Mm-hmm. But it really goes over the top in offensiveness. Mm-hmm. And I laughed at some things. And uh, Rick was very offended by the, I find myself defending the Seth MacFarlane character, mm-hmm. um, uh, Israel, the mm-hmm. robot. Um, and I thought, I thought that was the funniest character in the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I'm... Now, uh, let me ask you this. Yes. To a person who hates that show... Don't. What I, what don't I, watch it. Don't, don't watch it. Don't watch this movie. No, you already hated this show. It's just pushing the envelope further than the show could. Oh, okay. And um, I found it funny, but I, I, some of it I didn't think was as clever because they could say anything they wanted, and a lot of it was, hey, we can say anything we want now. Mm-hmm. And so, but some of it was very clever. I thought, like I said, the Seth MacFarlane robot was was interesting. Uh, it was was funny. So I'm I'm uh, with that. Um, and then there was something else that came into my mind. Uh, what was it that we that Rick and I had also had controversy? You said you were just about to. Oh, Batman. Uh... Oh, yes, there is another thing. That for people like myself who probably will would not get away with actually watching the full length film, uh, the DVD uh, is going to have, which I'm sure is going to be quickly ripped and downloaded. There'll be a 30 minute safe for work version. <laughs> what? So you can actually the DVD will come with a 30 minute version that is the plot. Wow! And then cut away. So they really care about they're putting so much into this movie. They actually want yes non yes. people to watch it. Yes, non people. What are non people? Good lord! <laughs> I don't know. Um, so we have a release date on this thing? Uh, I still I, I'll look that up. I'm sorry. I mean, not for me. Yeah. For our listeners. Right, right. Our listeners. Um, right. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, so I, I just thought that was really hilarious. What after we talked about it last week, and then I saw and then that came out, and I was like, that's great. Because honestly, I would watch just they that thirty. They all want to be legitimate actors, anyway. So I mean, and I, I've had friends say that the that the uh, X-rated parodies of TV shows are as funny, and that's one of the problems with the Thirty Rock uh, X-rated parody. Is it Thirty Rock X-rated parody? Did you watch Thirty Rock when they did an X-rated film in the last two minutes? Uh, no. When his because um, I missed that because the deal breaker thing. Tracy uh, read the read her book and said, "You stole my life." All the deal breaker things were things he had done, so he said to make it fair, Liz Lemon, he, she had to give up his life to do whatever he wanted with it once, so he turned Liz Lemon's life story into a porno film. So the last two minutes of the episode of the 30 Rock was Tracy was Tracy directing the porno version, and the great thing is they used the cast from the actual porn film parody of 30 Rock to be on the episode of 30 Rock, thereby legitimizing the parody version and the, and I have a couple friends who have seen it and said the thing is that movie is actually as funny and if there wasn't sex in it you the lines would make sense as being <laughs> said by characters on 30 wow. Rock I need to get myself to as well as apparently there's a Scrubs one that is like I, I was again but the Scrubs one is barely as funny as an episode of Scrubs so uh, you know I've got to get myself to a local curtained video store I guess I guess so we're not condoning this, kids. <laughs> but um, and I hate to end on that note, but I've got nothing else to talk about except that it's interesting. I think it is a cha- they're looking for a legitimacy that I, I don't can't know. wait for the uh, adult version of Iron Man. That's going to be fun. Oh dear. 
God. Because you know what would be funny is just to see all that, like, uh, mechanical, like, un, un, you know. No, I don't. <laughs> undressing. <laughs> uh, I don't want to know. Uh, oh. <laughs> Rick, Rick, get better soon so you can come back and edit this kind of thing out. In the meantime, on this Unplugged episode, this is Derek McCaw, editor-in-chief of FamilyPlanet.com. If you have any questions, comments, compliments, commentary, and you want to say, Lon, what the heck is wrong with you? Write in to editor at fanboyplanet.com or sandpaper at fanboyplanet.com. I'm Derek McCaw. I'm apparently the sandpaper Lon Lopez. You are, but you're my sandpaper. Thanks, Huggy Bear. And, uh, and we're reminding you to use your powers only for good. Good. What? Oh. Oh. Your powers only for good. Nothing left. Okay. <laughs>